Tom Swarbrick on LBC. 10 to 6 the time, Friday afternoon, LBC in your ears, and you know why. Drop what you're doing, prepare to be amazed. The circus was in town for Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, every September, this week is a big deal at the United Nations in New York. And so it was once again as the 78th UN General Assembly convened for its opening session. For every American president, the chance to address the world at UN headquarters is a big opportunity. And Joe Biden tried to seize it when he spoke on Tuesday. Russia believes that the world will grow weary and allow it to brutalize Ukraine without consequence. But I ask you this, if we abandon the core principles of the United States to appease an aggressor, can any member state in this body feel confident that they are protected? If we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? I'd respectfully suggest the answer is no. He sought to rally the world around Ukraine, even though in the year since he last addressed the United Nations, Russia has continued to drive a wedge between Washington and particularly many nations in Africa and Latin America. He said he doesn't seek confrontation with China, wants to manage responsibly what he called the competition between the two countries. And he devoted the main thrust of his speech to climate change. It was notable that in the week that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was accused of dismantling key planks of Britain's plans to battle global warming, he wasn't even in New York to hear his American counterpart insist that more needs to be done, not less. The United States has treated this crisis as an existential threat from the moment we took office. Last year, I signed into law in the United States the largest investment ever anywhere in the history of the world to combat the climate crisis and help move the global economy toward a clean energy future. And this year, the world's on track to meet the climate, fi the cli climate finance pledge that made under the Paris Agreement. He got there in the end. As we have noted before on the programme, yes, he's got a stammer. But much of that speech at the United Nations was a very tough listen. This was another week when Joe Biden seemed to be ageing before America's eyes. Everyone in? Yesterday at the White House, you could actually hear him do an old man groan as he slowly sank there into his chair at the start of a meeting with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. The 35-year age gap between the two men also did not do America's leader any favours in the imagery stakes. And on Capitol Hill, Republicans are doing their best to complicate life for both men as they threaten a government shutdown over the Biden administration's latest public expenditure plans that would deepen the country's commitment to Kiev. Are you confident that Congress is going to support your uh, efforts to get this supplemental aid? I'm counting on a good judgment of the United States Congress. There's no alternative. He's counting on the good judgment of the United States Congress, he says. Well, good luck with that. 41 Republicans are now publicly calling on the White House to abandon Ukraine entirely, stop providing it with any more weaponry or financial assistance. And the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Republican Kevin McCarthy, rejected Zelensky's request to make his case for more aid in a fresh address to a joint session of Congress. Is Zelensky elected to Congress? 
Is he our president? I don't think I have to commit anything. I have questions for him. Where's the accountability on the money we already spent? What is the plan for victory? I think that's what the American public wants to know. That hostility is reflective of the hold that the far right of the Republican Party has over McCarthy. His position as Speaker now hangs by a thread. So far, he has failed to get the party to coalesce around any kind of compromise spending plan that would keep the US government open in just nine days' time. America's fate is in the hands of Republicans like Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee. We're finally just found enough people with back going to say enough is enough. We're not going to spend this much money. We're going to we're going to pass a budget so like all this. So that's a yes my on a government shutdown. If it, if it happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. Never mind the hundreds of thousands of government workers that will be furloughed, the fresh economic dislocation it will cause, the shocking weakness of U.S. governance that it will once again project to the rest of the world. K. Sarah Sarah. There's no money in the House right now for Ukraine. It's just not it's not there. Congressman Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida, touted as a possible running mate for Donald Trump. Any money we give to Ukraine, we're borrowing from our future. What's happened with Ukraine is frankly the fault of leadership of Joe Biden. Let's be very clear of that. If we had a commander in chief who knew how to lead as opposed to take naps, then we would be in a much better situation when it comes to Ukraine. Up until now, Biden supporters would shrug off that insult at the end about the president's energy and age. But in the past week, one very prominent figure in Washington has broken with Biden and is now urging him to reconsider his quest for four more years. He may decide that he's the only person who could defeat Donald Trump, but I felt it was time to have a more public discussion about this. David Ignatius is a Washington Post columnist, a fixture within the city's elite for decades and a whisperer to many past presidents. This week, he said the quiet stuff out loud. Through this summer, I haven't gone anywhere in the country. I haven't talked to any group of people uh, where this issue of whether President uh, Biden should run again hasn't been a, a centerpiece of conversation. And I thought that it was time to, to, to raise that question. Uh, and the, again, the heart of it is uh, whether uh, Joe Biden is the best person to carry this legacy forward. You could hear him there couching that very respectfully and carefully because he knows it is politically explosive. And on the right, they pounced. Brit Hume of Fox News immediately suggesting that if Biden has lost Ignatius, he's lost the country as well. It's a very big deal because David Ignatius is one of the, one of the princes of the Washington political and journalistic establishment. And for him to come out and say this now, I think he is telling in the Biden administration have to worry that if this starts to, to catch on with other uh, leading liberal journalists, it become, could become a stampede that may be hard for them to head off. He is absolutely right. And the mere suggestion that Biden may not be the man to take America into the second half of this decade is fueling conversation about the internecine battle for the Democrats' presidential nomination that any Biden withdrawal would immediately spark. It may seem unthinkable that the president would hang it up. But this week, in a related area of American life, the unthinkable actually happened. Our boss, Rupert Murdoch, is transitioning from chair of our parent company, 
Fox Corporation. In a note to employees today, he says he's decided that in November he will move to the role of chairman emeritus at both Fox and at Fox Corp. Bill Hemmer on Fox News announcing the big news. At 92, after more than seven decades in the business, Rupert Murdoch has decided to take a back seat. Although, as chairman emeritus, he will still be a powerful figure exercising influence over his son, Lachlan, his hand-picked successor. And lest there was any doubt about the future political direction of his media empire? Well, here's more from that announcement, and I've taken the liberty of setting it to music. The battle for the freedom of speech and ultimately the freedom of thought, he continues, has never been more intense. My father firmly believed in freedom, and Lachlan is absolutely committed to the cause. In a news release today, Lachlan congratulated his father on his 70-year career in media. He says this, we thank him for his vision and his pioneering spirit, his steadfast determination and the enduring legacy he leaves at the companies he founded and countless people he has impacted. Who among us wouldn't similarly thank dad for the handover, the power, the money, and yes, Tom, the succession. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.